Transition is a never-ending process, this time on Career Opportunities. Helping to build the career you deserve. This is Career Opportunities for July 22, 2014. Today's show is a live recording of a presentation I gave to Tuesdays with Transitioners in Northridge, California. A video of this talk is also available on the website and on YouTube. Visit douglasewelch.com and click the Career Opportunities link to find more. Well, thank you all for coming. Yes, I am Douglas E. Welch. Uh, you can find out everything about me on my website, douglasewelch.com. I always get that out of the way right up front just so everyone can check in with me later. Um, as Jennifer said, I was the founder of Career Camp. Uh, by the way, if you've attended Career Camp and you enjoyed it, please pass the word, spread the word out. We like to have as many of them as we could possibly have in all the different areas of the city and the country, even the world at that point. So if you have the ability to share that concept, please do. Uh, we are on track again for having another Career Camp Santa Clarita Valley next year in the same basic weekend. So keep an eye out for that. We're also thinking of perhaps starting a bi-monthly meetup uh, just a standard meetup to get people from Career Camp back together um, between the sessions out at the University Center. So today, today here at Tuesdays with Transitioners, our topic as always is transition. Um, I talk to a lot of people about transition because I, I do career consulting, I write a career column called Career Opportunities, I do a podcast of that. Transition is always one of those topics that comes up again and again and again. Recently, over the last probably two years, I've been transitioning myself. I used to be a full-time computer support person as a freelancer, and I've basically divested myself of all those computer clients, and I'm focusing now on new media, social media, podcasting, and that realm of stuff. What I call above the desk work, <laughs> rather than crawling around under the desk plugging in cables. Uh, getting a little old for, for doing that. When your knees start to pop so loudly that the client notices when you stand up, <laughs> probably a time to find a different line of work. Now. If you saw the title for this talk on the site, Transition is the New Normal. Now the fact is what I really want to reinforce is transition has always been normal. We have come over the years to dislike transition, to dislike change more and more and more. Um, over this last couple of years, I've had to change my own thinking because I was falling into a lot of the same same ideas and concepts that a lot of other people do, which is transition is just a short-term thing. I'm going to go into it, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to come out of it. And if you're in transition for any time at all, if you're thinking of it that way, you realize that's not the case. Okay, Transition is a constant state of flux. It's always with us, whether in large ways or in small ways. We're always in transition about something in our lives. We might be in transition about our career today and our life tomorrow and our children the day after that and our pets the day after that as we were talking before we started. It's always there and we really need to get back to thinking about transition being something that is just simply an integral part of our life and not something that just happens every so often. And I'll tie that back into the job search mode. Someone asked me at Career Camp on Saturday, says, you know, when do you start your job search? When do you stop it? How do you know? How long should it last? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, for me, a job search is constant. You should always be looking to improve your career in some way. So that 
looking for a career is not a transition that happens every so often, like a heartbeat. It's something that you just becomes an integral part of your life. It's something just you integrate into everything you do, whether it's talking to people on the street or at the coffee shop or coming to a meeting like this or going to curriculum or anything you do, there's some aspect of all your life in all of those events. And they shouldn't be seen as something different or strange or new or, in some cases, frightening. Um, we like to think the stability is this continuity, continuity, <laughs> continuum, yes, we use the right word. We like to think that stability is a continuum, a straight flat line that has these little spikes of, of change. We all know, really, if we think about our lives, our lives are all over the place, <laughs> okay? It's a very analog, a very flux type of situation. Our lives change from a day to day, sometimes an hour to hour basis. And we can't ignore that. And I think in a lot of ways we've come to try and ignore that. We try to think that, um, my life is stable normally, and these things are just aberrations in life. Now, when you first start to realize that transition is the new normal, transition is constant, the first reaction, as I mentioned, is usually blind fear. <laughs> and I say this because I've been there. When you are forced to make a change, for whatever reason, the first emotion we tend to feel is fear. And you know where that comes from? That comes from our days living in caves when the saber-toothed cat was outside the cave door, okay? We had to be fearful because if we didn't, we would simply cease to exist and be eaten. Well, as you might imagine, that's simply not the case today. Yes, there are still people in the world who struggle on a day-to-day -day basis for survival, but I can, um, I can probably guarantee that anyone in this room is not in that realm, okay? We have established a base level of stability in our lives that then shouldn't become some stasis point where we stay, it should actually give us a platform to reach out and be a little more open, a little more risk-taking, a little more open to change because we have this nice stable base to stand on. We're not worried about the cyber-tooth cat outside the cave door, okay? Unfortunately, our brains still respond that way. And so when change is forced upon us, we go into fight or flight, right? We either say, I'm either gonna fight you or I'm gonna run, okay? doesn't serve us well. Whether it's in an interview situation where we're faced with that, whether it's on the street, in our lives, with our families, whatever, that's, that's something that humans have had to learn how to curb a little bit over, uh, over time as civilization has grown because it just doesn't serve us as well as it once did. Okay? Life is much more nuanced now. We need to have other reactions than fight or flight. Okay? One of the other big things about fear of transition is you start to think, I can't be in transition forever. I will go out of my mind. <laughs> and the fact is, you will be in transition forever, and no, you won't go out of your mind. It can sometimes feel like life's a bit crazy sometimes. And it can get very crazy. I had a health thing two years ago that kind of flipped my life upside down for a couple months. And, you know, totally unexpected, out of the blue, and it, it tossed things around, actually. what kind of pushed me early into a transition I was already planning on doing about my career. Um, the amount of transition in life has an ebb and a flow to it though, okay? It's like the waves washing up on the beach. Sometimes it's more chaotic, sometimes it's more gentle. And it, it ebbs and it flows and it comes and it goes. And you need to see that the state you're in today may not be the state you're in tomorrow on both ends of that spectrum. Today may be a really high transition day. <laughs> the bus didn't come on time or they canceled the line or you know, whatever. And the other days it may be you know, chill. And you need to recognize the differences in those periods. 
It also means, flip this over, what it transition doesn't mean is it doesn't mean you don't have control over your life. I think sometimes when we're forced into transition, we start to think, oh my God, I have no control. Life is just in someone else's hands, it's in someone else's I'm totally out of control, and of course, what's it going to cause? More fear, right? Because nobody likes to be out of control. No one, likes to, doesn't, no one likes to feel that they don't have their destiny in their own hands. And again, that ebbs and flows. There are times when you have a health crisis, and yes, things are taken out of your control for a short period of time. That's not the new normal. Okay? That's not going to last forever. It may make your life change forever, but you will find a balance there in that life that you are now living. The most important part is the way you regain control, the way you feel control, is you take action for yourself. There are actions you can take in any situation that help to bring control back to you. I drove my nurses and my doctors crazy in the hospital because I'm the type of person that asked about everything. Ah, what's in that IV? Oh, what's in that drug? What are you giving me for the pain? What is this, you know? Every time they were gonna do, what these pills for? Blah, 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 should I be taking my normal pills that I'd usually take? No, you can't take those because you're doing this. I would drive them mad. Now, I really didn't drive them mad. There were some people who actually appreciated that I was asking these customers because it showed I cared about the work they were doing. You know, and that's something we can do too. It's if you, if you care about someone else's work, they're gonna care more about it. So why not, right? If you're, especially in a situation where someone is taking care of you, you probably wanna establish a rapport with them. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I took control in the hospital. And that's how I take control everywhere. I start to ask questions. I tell my dentist, I'm deathly afraid of dentists. I hate going to the dentist. But I do it because I know I have to. I tell them the best thing you can do for me when I'm in the chair is tell me exactly what you're doing. I'm going to probe here, I'm going to take this, we're going to take this crown, you know, whatever you, just don't just let me sit there in the dark waiting for you to poke something, because that will freak me out, because I feel out of control. I feel like I can't prepare myself, I can't, I can't understand what's happening to me. Ask questions. Take control, take it back if you feel that way. Take control back of the situation. In order to do that, you have to pay deep deep attention to your life. Oftentimes, we tend to either get distracted or simply cease to pay attention to what's going on around us for a variety of reasons. And that's a sure cause of losing control. If you're not paying deep attention to what you're doing in your life and what is going around you in your life, yes, you will feel out of control because you can't possibly hope to be in control because you're not paying attention to what's going on. In a talk I gave on Saturday, I talk about, I'm not asking you to make decisions willy-nilly and just do them off the cuff. I want you to make carefully decided decisions. When you're faced with an issue, I want you to stop. And it can be hard when your things are a little crazy, but there are times you just need to stop and say, what's Draw it out if you have to. What's going on? What do I need to do? Where do I need to be? And then make the decision and act on it. Fear can drive us to inaction as well. It can cause us to retreat to our cave and, and basically let the, make the world go away. Right? Worst thing you can do. Because when, if you try to disengage with what's going on around you, one, it doesn't further your actions. You feel further out of control. And frankly, if you don't manage your life, if you don't manage your career, there are lots of people out there who will gladly manage it for you. Your managers, 
your supervisors, your family, your spouse. If you don't make a decision, they'll gladly go, you need to do this. And all of a sudden, you've lost even further control. You've given up your control to them, which I don't think is necessarily something you want to do. I think even in the smallest ways, we need to feel in control of our own lives as much as we can. You have to engage with transition. You can't ignore it. And yet, you have to manage your transitions too. It's okay to say no. It is. And I want to really reinforce that with you. Faced with a transition that goes counter to what you want to accomplish in your life, your career, your relationship, whatever, you not only have the right to say no, you have the obligation to say no. It's important for you to say no for your own self-preservation. And I meet a lot of people who feel that because of obligation or family relationships or responsibilities, whatever, they can't say no. And it eats them up. And oftentimes in talking with them about career stuff, we can't get beyond their issues that they're talking to me about because they have a much deeper issue they've never resolved. And that is this feeling of obligation, the feeling of being trapped. And if I often say, if you feel trapped, you are. There's no way around that. Because trapped is a situation that we let our own mind get into. If we feel we have no further options, it's rare we don't have any other options. But the trouble is those options just may not be that popular with those around us. And that triggers in us a fear of, oh, I'm not going to be accepted. They're not going to want to be my friend anymore. They're not going to want to talk to me anymore. They're not going to do this for me anymore, whatever. And so we don't do it. And we basically give control up to that other situation, that other person. Don't just accept everything as kind of a fait accompli, which means you know something that's just happened and you have to deal with it. Yes, there are points in our life every so often, I don't think they're usual, when things are kind of presented to us and we simply have to deal with it. But as everyone in the self-help genre is fond of saying, it's not what happens to us that's important, it's our reactions to it. And I am a perfect example of that. I, everything that I talk about and that I write about in my Kirkcom, I do so because I've had that conversation with myself already. My columns are me talking this out with myself, and you guys get to listen in to the crazy voices in my head sometimes. <laughs> um, but I have trouble with my reactions to change sometimes, which is why I've thought about this so much. I tend to overreact to things. That's just the way I'm made up. You know, I can do things to try to alleviate it. I can, I can work around it. Self-knowledge helps. You know, even if you can't control an entire, at least you know, okay, this is why I'm feeling this way. I need to like go off in a corner and have a cup of coffee and just, you know, chill for a while and get, get my footing back. But it's very important to understand who you are and how you react to things and try to tune those reactions to better serve you. I think sometimes we spend all of our time trying to better serve the externals, everybody out there, everything out there, and we, we just don't think about ourselves that much. And that's where transition can really throw us off. Because we're not thinking about, okay, how am I going to deal with this transition? We're thinking about, what are they going to think about this transition? You tell someone, I'm going to change jobs, or I'm going to go into a different career, or I'm going I'm to have children, or I'm not going to have children, or I'm going to get married to this person, I'm not going to marry that person. You're constantly in your head going, oh, mom is going to be so ticked off at me when I tell her this, you know, or something like that. And it's fine to think that way. It's fine to have an understanding of what people's reactions are going to be. But what I ask you not to do is, if it's, if it's been a carefully considered decision that you're doing for your own personal good, well, good for you. That's what you need to be doing. That's what you need to be thinking about. 
I've come to believe over the last couple of years that stability is not necessarily the best goal for us to have. And there's a couple reasons for that. Um, I'd honestly say beyond providing for, you know, life and limb, stability probably hasn't been a great end goal in our lives for a long time. Um, as I said before, most of us have a base level of stability already. And if you don't, yes, that is your major focus. Establishing those basic needs that you need. You need, you need a place to live, money in your pocket, food in your belly, yes. If you have trouble with that, then yes, that's where you need to focus right now. If you have that though, we need to start looking beyond. Um, we also need to recognize the stability we have in our lives. When you're in transition, it pays to have a good foundation you can stand on. If your career is in an uproar, well, maybe you have a good family you can fall back on. Maybe you have that best friend who's always there for you and listens to you and can help you through things and tell you the truth when you need to hear it. Um, maybe you have a decent place to live and that's something that, that you, you have, you can afford, it's not an, un, an untoward uh, burden on you for whatever reason. You, you have to look for these little points where, yeah, okay, I have that. I have that. If nothing else, I got that. Um, much like in the same way we ignore success when we have it, we tend to ignore our own stability. We tend to ignore the fact that we do have these little footholds in the world that can support us when other things are going a little crazy. The reason we want to do that is we, we want to constantly be looking outwards for the new, the different, the change, and the transitions in our lives and embrace them. That's where opportunity in your life and career comes from from these new, different, changeable things. That person who walks in your life and has a great idea but doesn't know how to go forward with it, and guess what, you can provide that. The new job that suddenly occurs out of nowhere, the new book you've read, whatever, we need to constantly be looking for those interesting things in our lives because that's where great things are gonna happen. Now, a, a perverse nature of stability, too, is that sometimes we can have too much stability. Um, have you ever heard anyone say, oh, I'm bored, life is boring, oh, that's all I do is I have my house, and they have a lovely house and a lovely car and lovely children and their life is boring. And I think in a lot of cases they're suffering from an excess of stability. They don't have enough change, enough transition in their lives. Um, we strive so hard and so long for that stability that sometimes we actually end up getting trapped by it. Because we get there, it's like, Ah, oh, now I never have to think about it again. <laughs> well, you do that for about two months and then you start to go mad because life becomes boring. Without change, life is boring. Without transition, life is boring. Don't let it be boring to you. Don't be stalled by your own success. I mean, I'm sure we all have people in our lives and our families that they've got success. To us, they're so sad and they're unhappy. And I think sometimes it's because they got there and it's like, is that all there is? <laughs> huh, maybe that's not exactly what I was looking for. Don't be trapped by your own stability in those cases, okay? Uh, if you do have that level of success, you do have those, those successes in your life, look at them as successes, revel in them, celebrate them, and then look for the next challenge. Look for the next thing you can do that will give you just as much of a kick and just as much of a feeling of success because that's where great things are gonna happen. 
And as I said earlier, stability in one part of our life can often give us the courage and the freedom to reach out and be a little more daring in this or in that. If we have a good job now, people always say it's difficult to look for a job when you have a job. It's because of stability. We're safe. I don't have to look for a job, so why would I ever want to go out looking for a job again? I'm not saying you need to go out looking for a job, but you certainly need to take the freedom that that st stable position gives you as an opportunity to look out further and to look for opportunities that come to you. I had someone call me the other day and they said, um, someone came to me with this opportunity and I, and I don't know if I should even talk to them. I said, why wouldn't you talk to them? Like, well, well, then I, it's, it's too much of my boss. It's like, no, I'm not saying you have to take the opportunity. All I'm saying is you need to talk to them. And once we got to that standpoint in their mind, I'm not deciding anything. I'm not leaping off the boat. I'm just talking to people. We should all be doing that. If an opportunity walks in that door, talk to it. Don't slam the door in its face. And I see people do that all the time. Opportunity shows up. And of course, again, just like transition, what's our first response to opportunity? Ah, it's scary. It's frightening. I want to run in the other direction because uh, it's too good. It's too interesting. It's, it's too much possibility there for us to deal with. Don't do it. You're turning away opportunities at the door. Not every opportunity is going to result in something. Not every opportunity is even going to be something you want to take advantage of. Talk to it. See what it's about. Maybe you, got some, maybe you have a friend that you can refer in your place if you don't want it. Maybe it's something that's not exactly right for you, but it's something right for a family member or someone else. Now you suddenly put yourself in the role, hey, I'm the facilitator. <laughs> I'm the guy that's got all the connections. <laughs> and you start to share your influence and your, your power, if you will, with the world. You have that ability especially when an opportunity walks in the door. Another scary part about this, of course, too, is stability, as we all know, is fragile. Um, it's not always there. It can change overnight. I started having extreme pains, lower right quadrant, <laughs> one night, and uh, never been in a hospital. Never been to the emergency room for anything, never broke a bone or anything. All of a sudden, I find myself about 12 hours later prepping for surgery for a gallbladder. Okay, guess what? <laughs> Flip my life over, <laughs> you know, okay. That's what happens sometimes. It can be very fragile. And all of a sudden, both my wife, my son, and I, and the rest of our family had to adjust to me being in the hospital for five days and having a good couple months recovery coming out of it. Um, If you aren't constantly exercising your transition muscles, if you will, if you aren't constantly out there looking for change and engaging in change and looking at opportunities and being aware of them and making carefully considered decisions, when you're presented with something like that where stability suddenly goes out the window in a large way, we often don't know how to react. We've lost the ability, I, I will say, we don't just not want to be uncomfortable, we've forgotten how to be uncomfortable. And we freak out. It's like, I can't deal with it too much. I, I can't deal with it. I mean, this does, it, it, it overwhelms us because we haven't had to go through that much change in such a long period of time. We've forgotten how to change. 
And I do see that with people. I mean, you see it in big news stories of the guy who gets convicted for blah, 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 in prison. You know, that's a big change. <laughs> and they tend to, you know, it really does affect them because they really haven't gotten used to changing in that regard. They haven't done the small changes in their life in order to be able to better deal with the large changes in their life. So again, another reason for you to be out there engaging with transition, engaging with change on a constant basis. And I don't want you to be afraid of it because you're not deciding the end goal of your life with every single decision. You're just looking into it. It's like walking down the shelves of a library and seeing a book that interests you and pulling it off the shelf and reading it. There's no huge commitment in that. There's no huge commitment to flipping through the first three pages of the book. It doesn't mean that's the only book you're ever going to read for the rest of your life, right? So why would you think that change that comes into your life has the same effect? It's like you're not committing to that change forever. You're just looking at it and investigating and checking out and say, hey, is this a good change? Could this change lead to something bigger? Could it make my life a little happier, a little better, whatever? Hey, it's worth checking out, right? Don't constantly be on the lookout for stability once you've got that base level. Um, you want to stay in training, I think is a term I used here. You know, keep in training. You want to you know, go to the gym. Go to the transition gym every so often and make sure that you haven't lost the ability to lift that transitional weight you need to lift. Okay? phrase that struck me when I was writing, I wrote, this was originally a column for my career opportunities column, and you want to be able to better weather the storms. And I know we don't sail a lot these days, but sailing metaphors sometimes are some of the best metaphors for our life, because we want to roll with the waves. We don't want to be capsized, we don't want to be swamped, we don't want to be driven under by the changes in our lives. We want to just sit there like a little cork on top of the water and just roll with the changes and sometimes they're going to be violent changes and sometimes they'll be smaller but we want to be on top of the waves not underneath them somewhere and the way we do that is by constantly engaging in that change so I hope you can see as I've seen and kind of come to the, I, I hesitated to call it a realization, it's almost a re-realization, it's almost a rediscovery, a renaissance of thought about stability and transition, but I've had to really kind of smack myself upside the head a few times over the last couple of years and say, what are you doing? You're not thinking about this in the right way. You're not, you're not understanding that this is, we think this is normal, but this is what's really normal. We think the stabili stability is everything, but actually change is where everything cool happens in your life. Okay? So what balance, what overlap can you get between those two, two spheres of influence in your life? I think we need to leave behind a little bit the concept of stability as this end goal. Stability is always nice. Again, to have those good foundations to put your feet on and stand on to do other great things. But so many of us have adopted stability as the end goal. We see something out there that's, that's our end goal in life, is that. And um, I'm not sure that serves us really well. Um, it can certainly help us be less fearful sometimes about what's going on in our life. But again, I'm not real sure that's, that's the right goal in our mind. I think maybe we need <clears throat> more than one goal. Maybe we need, I, I described it as a star field on, on, on Saturday. You need, you need to have a series of goals out there, a series of points that you're all kind of headed towards. 
that you can work on a little bit on this one, a little bit of this one, a little on that one, but not one dot out there. I don't think that serves us very well. Transition is a force for good in our lives. I know it can feel really like it isn't a lot of the times. But if you've ever had the situation of feeling happy that you got fired from a job, (laughs) (laughs) that right there should show you that transition can be a force for good in your life. Okay, sometimes it is forced upon us, sometimes it is something we have to engage in ourselves, but either way, I think we really need to look at it that way. Um, Because we can get stuck sometimes. We can allow ourselves to get stuck. And that's the best word I think I can come up with. It's it's applying those rules, those physics rules of inertia. Bodies at rest will remain at rest. People with a job will remain in that job, no matter how crappy that job may be. (laughs) Because it's a job. But if you can just nudge the snowball, that's what I call it, if you can just push the snowball downhill just a little bit, one small action, one small change, one phone call, one email, one thing you read, whatever, and just get the snowball rolling, it starts to gather its own momentum and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and can lead into a variety of things. And as you sometimes see with a large snowball rolling down, it will sometimes split into parts as it's headed down the hill. Well, that's cool. because Now you have all these other options you can investigate as well and see where those snowballs lead you down the hill. Because you never know we can't see the future. We never know what's really going to happen to us. We can direct, we can nudge, we can push, we can you know, dig our way out of things, but there's only so much control we can exert over the world. It's because we're, we're, just, we're affected by so many people in the world. It, it's like the atoms, it's like the, um, the atoms in a nuclear reactor. We, we don't know which way the, the neutrons are going to strike us or how many are going to strike us. We have so many people in our lives, whether it's person-to-person, face-to-face like this, or through the media, or through the books we read, or through our office, or whatever. We never know how those are going to combine, and that's what gives us this kind of unknown in our life. But we do know about ourselves, or we can know better about ourselves. We can have that self-knowledge that allows us to navigate a path. And again, when you're on a boat, you're never on course. That was the, when I learned that concept, when someone reinforced it, I was like, oh yeah, because the wind's pushing you this way, the tide's pushing you that way, you know, whatever. If you plot a course on a boat, it's always a zigzag. It's never a straight line, except maybe from a placid pond that's about three, you know, three feet deep. Um, and that's our lives. Our lives are, there's a goals out here I want to get to, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to dodge back and forth. As long as I stay on course out there, I'm okay. And you just keep adjusting as it goes. And that's what transition is certainly a good description of, is those, is those dodges that are taking place. That's your transitional periods. I want you, if nothing else from today's talk, I want you to feel that when you leave that you can use transition as, first of all, something to be cultivated in your life, not something to be avoided. Don't slam the door in the face of opportunity when it shows up, okay? But I also, I want you to engage in it and do as I try to do. I'm not perfect at this either in any way, shape, or form. But try to use transitions and change as a way to improve your life and your career. Don't be afraid of it. Um, it can be scary sometimes, yes. And that's, that's humans. We, we do get fearful sometimes. But I think if we co-opt transition 
And instead of thinking it as a saber-toothed cat coming in the cave door, think of it as the kitten that's sitting next to us that we're petting. Maybe that's a better metaphor for it. It's something that is part of our lives, that, that needs to be part of our lives, and something we can cultivate and perhaps even domesticate a little bit and make it work for us rather than constantly fighting against it. Because if you were to draw out circles of all your interests in your life, I did this in a recent column as well, this is you know, technology, this is new media, this is careers, this is gardening, you know, whatever. If you start to over see where those circles overlap each other, like I will often talk about technology in the garden, okay? It's at these fringes, it's at these friction points where our interests bump up against one another that the cool things really happen. And we need to look for those fringes. It's like rubbing a, a balloon on your hair, you know, and picking up that static electricity you stick it on the ceiling. It's, it's at the edges of things that power really comes to us. Um, and sometimes we need to take the, we need to stand up, have the courage to, to look to those edges of things and say, hey, that's something really cool that's happening over here where these two things bump up together. Maybe I can make something out of that. But you're not stuck in the standard job roles of saying, this is job A, this is job B. All jobs are predefined. They all come with their own list of requirements. No, you can make jobs up. You can find places where your interests interact and find a job that falls in that, that sliver of compatibility for you, where not only are you interested in the job for this reason, but also for this reason. To me, the more combinations of your interest you can find in a given job, the better you will like that job because it will engage you to your highest degree. It won't be using just this part of your brain, it'll be using your whole brain. It won't be using just your fingers to type on a keyboard, it'll be using the part of your mind that knows numbers and figures and accounting or art design or whatever. And you, I think oftentimes we miss those opportunities because we do get stuck in that kind of rigid thinking of this job and this job and this job. When there are, you know, the world, so it's kind of a technical description of it, but you may, you may get this. But the difference between a vinyl record album and a CD is that one is analog and one is digital. Okay? The analog vinyl album represents sounds as a constantly shifting wave. Okay? It's never, it's always changing and it's in infinite gradations. Okay? CDs represent music as a series of ons and offs. They basically look at that nice smooth wave and cut it up in little tiny parts. We tend to think digitally. We tend to think that <clears throat> that's the job. Well, no, that's not the job. That one point in time, that one musical beat is not the job. The job exists somewhere on this analog wave with infinite number of gradations and variations cycling through it. And you're gonna hit that somewhere along that curve. It's gonna be very rare, it's gonna be just at one point for you. But we think, in our minds, that's the job. And we limit ourselves with that. Uh, we'll limit, we limit ourselves with that if there's a job posting, it's, like it's got nine things we, we are qualified to do and one thing we're not, so we don't apply for the job. It's like, no. If you're that heavy, if you got nine out of 10, I, and I will say even further, although I'm sure there are business owners and recruiters that would hate me for saying this, you got more than five of the 10 listed, apply for the job. 
because the fact is most job listings are way overinflated as far as the requirements for the job. They're trying to get someone who can do everything and, and they're never going to find that person. So if they find someone who can do half of everything, they'll find the other, someone else who can do the other half. Okay? They're so, not willing to pay you for almost anything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's important to, to think about it as this, this kind of wave and this infinitely, infinite number of gradations and points on that wave. And I think if we think about um, both careers that way, we think about our lives that way. You can apply that same rule to transition and stability. It's this infinitely <laughs> unique point on that wave between stability and transition and new things in your life and old things in your life and this and that. Don't get locked into binary or digital thinking, uh, which is either on or it's off. There's so much more to life than that in everything we do than just on or off. To return to the fringes for a minute, I think really, and this is something I, I just wanted to sum up with here, that it's at the fringes where things butt up against each other and they kind of rub against each other and cause that, that static electricity, that friction, that heat, whatever. That's where the magic happens. That's true for our lives, our careers, our relationships, wherever. It's at those fringes where things bump up against each other that the great new things in your life get created. And if you ignore them, if you ignore change, if you ignore transition, if you actively avoid them, you're not going to have the success that you want to have in life. Because you're simply turning off a large source of opportunities and therefore a large source of success for you in your life. And that's pretty much what I've had to say about transition today and we can open it up for questions. Um, again, if you want to read more about this, as I said, I've written a couple columns recently on opportunity and on transitions and on success. You can uh, look at the website douglasewelch.com. There you'll find links to Career Opportunities, which is my weekly career column. It's also a podcast and an audio podcast, and lately I've been posting <clears throat> clips from previous talks I've done like this, uh, so you can actually get short little pithy one minute to minute and a half sections of talks that might apply to whatever you're experiencing in your life and your career. But I want to thank you so much for having me out today. And uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to, to ask away. This has been Career Opportunities with Douglas E. Welch. You can find links to Career Opportunities, all my social media accounts, and everything else that I do at douglasewelch.com. I'd love to hear what's happening in your career and any questions you might have. Contact me at career at welchright.com post to our social media pages, add a comment on the website, or call our reader listener line at 818-804-5049. If you enjoy career opportunities, please subscribe to the blog and podcast, join our mailing list, and share links with your friends, family, and professional contacts. Each one of these helps to spread the word about career opportunities to others. Thanks for listening, and please join me for the next episode of Career Opportunities.